Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Yes, Radio Mystery Theater presents... miracles is forever with us. And so it is. For mankind is in constant need of miracles. And that is because miracles are notoriously short-lived. The fact is, once a miracle has taken place, it is no longer miraculous. After all, the first steam engine was a miracle. And so was the first airplane, the first radio, the first computer. And while familiarity may not always breed contempt, as Mr. Aesop said, or children, as Mark Twain once insisted, familiarity always does breed indifference. I want a Russian sable coat. I want an Isata Asmara sports car. My dear, are these things so important? They are, to me. But these are trivia. A $20,000 coat? A $30,000 car? These are trivia? Yes, dear. And even if we could afford... I'll have them. I'll have them. And anything else I want... And what's more, you are going to get them for me. But how? Just wish. Wish with me. And see what happens. Our mystery drama, Your Desires, My Guilt, written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan, and stars Norman Rose. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We consider now the case of Professor Maurice Avery Jennings. He has a roster of degrees that could consume the entire alphabet. Blessed with such impressive credentials, you might suppose he'd be rich and famous. And you would be wrong. He is only an obscure teacher at Northern State, a small college in a rather remote region of the upper Midwest. Why? It would depend upon whom you ask. For instance, an old classmate who has had a distinguished career and is now an advisor to the President of the United States would say... Well, you take old Maurice now. He has absolutely no ear for music when it comes to blowing his own horn. And if you ask his wife, Ursula... I would rather not discuss it. And should you ask Maurice himself... The underlying dynamics appear frozen in the same constant state of flux, regardless of individual situational positioning. And if you can make head or tail of that, your clarity of vision is greater than mine. However, let us move onward and upward, or possibly backward and downward, with Professor Maurice Avery Jennings, as he comes home on this particular night of the year. Uh, Ursula! Yes? It's Ursula. You're home. Yes, I'm home. But this wasn't the plan. What plan? You had planned to visit your sister in Chicago. Oh, that plan. I don't understand. You had made all the preparations. Most of the plans we make in this life have a way of coming to naught. I beg your pardon? You should. Twenty years ago, I made such exciting plans for myself, and then... 
I married you. But what seems to be the problem? You said you were leaving for Chicago this morning. It was definite, wasn't it? Yes. Well, I have a headache. I think I'll lie down. There's some dinner on the table. You still haven't told me why you changed your plans. I couldn't face what would happen in Chicago. But your sister is very generous. She would entertain you royally. Yeah. Her servants would wait on me. We'd go to the theater, the finest restaurants, parties, luncheons. That's all really very nice, isn't it? And every minute of it would serve to remind me of how poor I am. How threadbare, how shabby my life is. Oh, now, dear, it's not that bad. It's worse. Because if we were really in want... I could come to terms with it, but it's this <laughs> genteel poverty that I simply... <laughs> oh, good night. Ursula, everybody can't be a millionaire. That's true, but you can. I can? Who else has your background, your knowledge? Well... Why aren't you writing books, teaching at a prestigious university, consulting for Wall Street, the government pontificating the way other economists do. Men who don't have a quarter of your ability. Do you know what the problem is? Oh, never mind the problem. Let's worry about the solution. But you see, darling, there is no solution. No solution to what? To anything. I believe I've already said goodnight. For example, I'm an economist. I've made a complete and exhaustive study of the science. And I am convinced it has absolutely no connection with reality. Maurice, I'm convinced that you have absolutely no connection with reality. And not just economics, but all the sciences and all the arts. None of them has any answers. See you in the morning. Why do I want to work here at this obscure, practically unknown college? So I can be free to think and study and consider. Yes, Maurice, you do that. I am looking for what I call the guiding principle. Well, good luck. If I can discover the true essence, the primeval motive force that powers economics, the same principle will hold for chemistry and physics and mathematics, everything. Uh -huh. And meanwhile, I would like to enjoy a bottle of imported Savardin champagne. Which sells, I believe, for some 300 smackers a bottle. Oh, that's a conceit. Yes, perhaps, but it's my conceit. And I would like uh, a Russian sable coat, just like the one my sister has. It only costs 20000 But that's obscene. Yes, but it's my obscenity. And I'd like a sports car like the one she has. That's an Isata Asmara. You can pick one up for as little as 30000 But that's mindless vanity. That's me, Maurice. That's all I am. That's all I ever want to be. Just a bundle of conceits and obscenities and mindless vanities. Those are the things that are truly important to you, Ursula? Yes, those are the things. The coats, the cars, the champagne. Those are the things you really want. You'll never know how much I want them. Then, my dear, I wish, I sincerely wish from the bottom of my heart, that you could have them. That chance. Well, don't forget to turn out the light on the stove. Yeah. No, I, I think I'll listen to some Bach before dinner. Won't you sit here with me? No. Why don't you listen for both of us? I'd better go inside and turn off that burner sooner than depend on you. Ah. Maurice! Maurice! Shh, quiet, my dear. Where did you get this? Uh, get what? You know what? Turn off that boring thing. Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> Oh, Ursula, why did you... Tell me, Maurice, where did you get this? What is it? What does it look like? A bottle of champagne. A bottle of imported Servadel champagne. Where did where... you... 
Where did you get it? I thought I'd have a little milk. I opened the refrigerator, and there it was. Did you actually buy this? Well, no, of course not. Who gave it to you? No one gave it to me. Then how did it get here? How? Oh, it's simple. Your sister. She must have sent this bottle as a gift. What sort of a gift? It's not my birthday or anything. Dorothy doesn't need an occasion. She's always finding reasons to send you something. When did this bottle get here? I don't know. This is the first time I've seen it. Well, you must have seen it when it was delivered. I wasn't here. Oh, but you forgot. You're absent-minded. Ursula, I may be unworldly by the standards of some people, but I am not absent-minded. I, I can remember every... I'm going to send this back. Well, should you insult your sister? Isn't she insulting me? I'm sure you're being unduly harsh. She is very kind. Why hurt her feelings? All right. Let's open it. Now? Well, if not now, when? When we have something to celebrate. Oh, we'll never have anything to celebrate. I do believe that's the last of it. Bottoms up. <laughs> could, could just the two of us have finished an entire bottle of champagne? Hey, little Maurice. <laughs> you are not at all bad looking. Actually, you are quite handsome. <laughs> oh, it's late. Let's go to bed. Lock the door and put out the cat. We don't have a cat. We don't? What happened to it? We never had a cat. Oh. Well, maybe that's what's wrong with our marriage. Let's go to bed and talk about it. Yes, dear. I I'll join you presently. I just want to listen to a little bit of the Bach. You do. Whatever you like, sweetheart. And then you come to bed. What was that? <coughs> Ursula! <coughs> what is it? <coughs> is something wrong? <coughs> but tell me what it is. I don't understand. In that case, I'm just having the DTs. On half a bottle of champagne? Listen, I'm not going to open my closet door. And you are going to look inside. Yes, yes, I'm looking. Well, what do you see? What am I supposed to see? Your your dresses and skirts? Is that all? You, you have a fur coat? Then you see it too? Yes, of course. Do you know what this is? Genuine Russian... Oh, uh, it looks very nice. Uh, did you buy it in one of the local stores? Oh, you don't buy a coat like this in a store. You go to some exclusive furrier, and, and you have it made from the most rare and expensive skins. And that is why this coat must cost more than $20,000. First the champagne, and now this coat. It's your sister. Why didn't you warn me about this? Oh, of course. Dorothy sent these, and you had to be here to take the delivery. Well, who placed the stand down in the refrigerator? Who hung the coat in my closet? You had to be in on it. <laughs> you helped her to humiliate me. No, no, darling. Please believe me when I tell you that I know nothing about... Well, why do you insist that she wants to humiliate you? She's jealous. Jealous? I was always better looking. That's true. Uh, I suppose. I can't be more enthusiastic. 
She's jealous because I married you. But her husband's a millionaire many times over. Well, you are at least respected. That he's not. Everybody knows what a shady character Harry is. I always thought he was the very soul of integrity. You're still as good-looking as ever. Whereas he has become fat and bald and pudgy and he reeks from those cigars. And that is why Dorothy hates me. That simply cannot be true. Oh, what do you know about women? What do you know about anything? Nothing. I see now that I know very little. I married to a woman for 20 years. I took her for granted. She was my wife. I was so wrapped up, lost in my own career, my own pursuits, I forgot that she had needs too. And from time to time, when she did want certain things, what did I do? I laughed at her. Because those were material things, and I decided that they were unimportant, trivial. All right, all right, Maurice. I know that Dorothy is a generous, warm-hearted woman. You don't have to hate her anymore. You don't have to be envious any longer. You can accept her gifts, because soon you will be able to reciprocate. Now, that's the heart of the problem, isn't it? What are you saying, Maurice? I owe you everything for the years you devoted to me. I shall become the man you always wanted. I will write books, arrange for lectures, and do consulting. Do you mean it? Starting tomorrow. Oh, Maurice, you're wonderful. <laughs> that's a lovely coat. Who could blame you? What a night this has been. How am I ever going to fall asleep? Oh, Ursula. What is it? I, uh... I feel a sudden chill. Oh, poor darling. I wouldn't want you to catch cold. Just let me close the window. Maurice. Maurice. Hmm? Come over here. Yes? Look. In the driveway. What is that? That is a sports car. An Isota Asmara. Are you sure? Dorothy has one exactly like it. Maurice. How did it get here? How? How, indeed. This is certainly a night of nights. A most enchanted evening for the Jennings. But from whence comes this virtual rain of good things? Can it be from that most wealthy and generous sister? That coat? That car? Add them together, and we're talking about fifty, perhaps sixty thousand dollars. We'll talk about it some more in Act Two. Roman poet Virgil, who said, Timio, Danaeus, et dona forentes. Or, beware the Greeks when they bear gifts. There was a point to that in its time and in its place. But Ursula and Maurice are not behind the walls of ancient Troy. And although they have just received some fabulously expensive gifts, they have a pretty good idea who sent them. You're right, Maurice. You're absolutely right. What a magnificent sister Dorothy has been to me. So sweet, so loving, so generous. Yes, yes, dear, I know. I'm going to call her up right now and thank her. Uh, Now? It's midnight. Why don't you get some sleep? Never postpone a good deed or a thoughtful act. Uh, Yeah, I suppose. I just never realized how lucky I was to have a sister like Dorothy. Hello? 
Dottie, darling, it's me. Ursula, do you know what Tom did? I just couldn't wait to thank you. For what? <laughs> For those fantastic gifts. What gifts? Dottie, you are, without a doubt, the most wonderful human being in the whole wide world. Uh, uh, what's up? First, the glorious bottle of Saint-Vedon champagne. The one you sent us. I sent you a bottle of Salvador? And then the coat. What coat? The Russian sable. And then to top it all off with the car. What car? It's just like yours, the Yusata Hasmara. Ursula, what are you up to? I just want to thank you for everything. Okay, okay, and let's have the punchline. What punchline? You mean this is not a joke? Dottie, I only want to thank you. I know, I know it's a game. You call somebody at midnight and you... I'm just so happy you sent me the wine and the coat and the car. Oh, I just caught on. You're making a pitch for those things. Well, forget it. If I could even find a bottle of Saint-Verdon, I'd drink it myself. You want a fur coat, a sports car. I'll have that cheap husband of yours get them for you. Don't call Maurice cheap. Don't think you can promote me for anything as heavy as a sable or an isata. I do enough for you as it is. You've got your nerve to ask for more. You're going to take that nasty attitude. I... Listen to who's talking about a nasty attitude. Sweetheart, you were born with one. I don't have to take that from you. I only put up with you because of Mom and Papa. When they were still alive, they said to me... Take care of Ursula. Maybe Mom and Papa would still be alive if you hadn't aggravated them to death. Who supported Mama and Papa after he had the accident? Now, good night. Dorothy. Dorothy, don't you dare hang up on me. Maurice. She claims she doesn't know anything about it. Now, don't think she's joking. Maurice. Asleep. sleeping too. This is all a dream. The champagne, the fur coat, the sports car. It's all a dream. And I'll wake up in the morning and they'll all be gone. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, coffee smells good. Let's have breakfast. Then you put on your new coat and we'll go for a ride in your new car. Maurice, at first I thought this was all a dream. Oh, so did I. But when I got up this morning, I looked in your closet, and there was the coat. I looked at the driveway, and there was the car. And here on the sideboard, the empty champagne bottle. Maurice, I spoke with Dorothy on the phone. She did not send these things. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, are you sure? Yes. Well, they must be gifts from someone. I'm scared. You always wanted a fur coat in the car. You said those were the things that are important, so enjoy them. I can't enjoy them. Why not? Because I can't account for them. I looked through the car, and there are no ownership papers. The coat, I have no receipt. People are going to ask questions. Everyone in town knows how much you make. How could we afford them? Maurice, suppose they're stolen goods. Stolen? And the thieves... Had to get rid of them in a hurry. Why has this suddenly become so complicated? I don't know. Maybe we better call the police. And tell them what? These things just materialized out of the blue? Let's put the coat in the sports car and, 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 and drive it to some deserted spot and just abandon it. There isn't any other way. We'll just have to get rid of them both on some lonely road. I know the one, the one that winds through Dorson's woods. 
I'll drive the sports car and you follow along in ours. Come on. Let's do it right now. Well, shall we wait until tonight? We can't afford to wait. Oh! Ursula! It's gone. It's gone. The coat, it's gone. It's not in the closet. Where could it be? I don't know. Maurice, I don't know. Now, we can't afford to panic. It was here just a few minutes ago. No one could have come into the house. Oh, Maurice, what are we going to do? I know. Deferred subconscious transference. What's that? You put the coat in the car. When? The first time you thought of it. But I just thought about it this minute. Consciously. Unconsciously, subconsciously, the idea shaped much earlier, and without being aware of it, you simply put it into execution. If you look in the car, you'll see the coat lying on the seat. Maurice? Yes, what is it now? Look at the car. What's wrong with it? What's wrong is you can't see it. It isn't there. It's not in the driveway. Where is it? I don't know. Could we have been dreaming? No, no, I'm sure. But the coat and the car are gone as if they'd never existed. The bottle, the champagne bottle, that's still here. Well, why hasn't the bottle disappeared, too? I'm frightened. I'm scared to stay in this house. I admit it's disconcerting. Uh, Why don't you go away for a bit till things sort themselves out? Where can I go? Uh, uh, Visit your sister. After what I said to her on the phone? We must not lose our heads. Maybe we did. Maurice, that bottle... Could the wine have been drugged? Could it have given us hallucinations? But how did the bottle get into the house? Uh, do something. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Oh, must we listen to that? Now, let me sit here and try to analyze just exactly what did happen. <laughs> Darling, I think I figured it out. There's really only one way to explain the appearance and the disappearance of the coat and the car. Tell me. I'm almost afraid to tell you. I can state it this way. Um, Your desires and my guilt. Maurice, I am in no mood for your usual nonsense. You spoke to me about the car and the coat and the champagne. Your exact words, I would like to enjoy a bottle of Saint-Verdant. I want a Russian sable like the one my sister has and a sports car like hers and a Miss Mara in the driveway. No, I said that. And I asked you, are those the things you truly want? And you said to me, yes, I want them. But what is this to do with the fact Do you still feel the same way? Are they of such great importance? Yes. Why? Oh, it's something private between me and my sister. It's not just a feud between two women, but two sisters... You're a man. You could never hope to understand But the fact is, these material things, they form the dominant desire of your life. Yes. Your desire. Now, for my guilt, suddenly I saw how I had failed you. How throughout our married life you felt frustrated, cheated, defeated. Oh, what's the use of going through all that now? My guilt, and I was unaware of it, became as strong as your desire. Together they formed a force. Perhaps an elemental force. A force that cannot be denied. And that's why and how your wishes came true through me. Maurice, things are bad enough. But if you continue to talk like that, they'll put you away. The combination of your desires and my guilt, they produce the wine, the coat, the car. We drank the wine. 
The coat in the car remained, but they began to create a frightening complication. Suddenly, your desire to get rid of them became greater than your desire to own them. And so your desire reached out for and found my guilt. And once again, the forces were created, and the car and the coat disappeared as miraculously as they had materialized. Please, Maurice, don't do this to me. You want proof? The wine bottle is still here. Wish, Ursula, wish with all your heart for it to be gone with the car and the coat. Wish. Look at that empty bottle and wish. With my help, you can wish it away. I wish. Oh, <laughs> how can I even fall in with this? This, this, this what? This ridiculous nonsense. And why is it nonsense? Because what you're saying is that, that, that all we have to do is just wish. No, no, that is not what I'm saying. I told you about your desires and my guilt. And I'm supposed to believe that? There are forces out there. Out where? Out there, somewhere, anywhere, everywhere. What's the difference? Powerful forces. And some people have discovered the secret. What secret? The secret of how to tap those forces. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. Primitive man, follow this now. Primitive man heard the thunder, looked at the lightning, the elemental forces. If you told him that it was possible to harness those forces, do you know what he would have done? I don't care what he would have done. He would have killed you because he thought you were a witch. Or he would have worshipped you because he thought you were a god. But we have done it. We have harnessed the lightning. We have brought its energy into our homes. We have captured it in wires. All we have to do is plug into it. That's different. Well, why is it different? Because it's physical? Well, yes. Well, why isn't there just as much mental, psychic energy flowing all about us? And somehow you and I, by wishing in a certain way... What way? Well, I don't know, but it works. Oh, I don't believe it. Well, then try it. Wish for that bottle to disappear. Wish as hard as you did when you wanted the wine and the coat and the car. And I'll wish with you. Wish. All right. Harder. I wish that bottle were gone. I wish it had never come into this house. I'm helping you, Ursula. I'm wishing with all my might. Look. It's gone. Yes, it's gone. Yes, it's gone. It has disappeared. It has never existed. And what can we make of it? Is Maurice correct? Is there this overwhelming psychic force that surrounds all? Why not? The world we live in is still a mystery. For all our science and sophistication, what do we really know about the basic laws of nature? We may find out a bit more in Act Three. itself comes from the Latin miris, something to admire, to wonder at. True enough. But when you consider life itself, what is more worthy of wonder? The fact that things grow in the earth, the rain, the wind, the snow, the constant changes of season, aren't these miracles also? In a universe where everything is possible, how can anything be considered miraculous? The champagne bottle's gone. 
I can't believe it. You've just seen it happen. You just made it happen. Maurice, you and I, we can ask for and receive miracles. Yes, between the two of us. Somehow we present the proper combination to harness the psychic forces. Have I finally found the basic underlying guiding principle? Is this what I'm looking for? I don't know what you're looking for, but I know what I'm looking for. How can we proceed in a manner that would be most beneficial to the human race? It's all a matter of how you and I combine our emotions to harness this invincible, all-powerful array of forces. Oh, yes, indeed. I have to prove something to somebody. Let us desire to change the world, eliminate poverty, create universal peace and justice. First, I have to take care of Dorothy. Ursula, this awesome power, you cannot use it just to win a petty feud with your sister. Betty, if you have been patronized by that woman all your life... But what do you want? I want her to eat the bread of charity. See how bitter it can be. You never had to take charity from Dorothy. No, you were so busy with your noble thoughts. I had to run things on the salary of a small college professor. How many times did I have to run to my sister because the end of the paycheck always came before the end of the month? I wish to see her on my doorstep reduced to the clothes on her back. No, Ursula. This is what I wish. It needs the two of us to make that wish come true. I'll make a deal. Wish with me for what I want now. And I'll wish with you for what you want later. Peace, justice, all the rest of it. It isn't right. Maurice, you have to give to get. Are you going to let Dorothy ruin it for everybody else? Oh, come on. Do something for me. Wish with me. Wish. Oh, all right. Well, you have to be more enthusiastic than that. Wish. Really wish. I wish for it. I wish for it. Who's that? Who do you think? Shall I open the door? No, no. No, no, no. You must allow me. Ursula. It's my dear sister. Maurice, guess who's here? May I come in? Well, of course, Dorothy. What are you doing out in what's known as the stairs? Oh, please. Can I stay here with you? I've lost everything. Oh, poor Dorothy. Please, sit down. <sighs> Something to drink? Perhaps you're hungry. The world has just come to an end. What happened? Harry has run away. What do you mean? The police are after him. Why? He's lost everything we own. But is that a crime? He misappropriated company funds. Oh. It's all gone. Earth. The house, the car, my jewels. Everything. Overnight? Well, it comes out it's been going on for years. He found a way to hide it. He thought he was secure, immune to discovery. But suddenly, for some reason, it just blew up in his face. It's my fault. Really? Why? Oh, maybe I pushed him too hard. When I married him, he was just a salesman. He made a good living. But it wasn't enough for me. Oh, wow, he must have hated me. You know, he didn't run away alone. There was another woman. Yes, there usually is. And I'm poor, Ursula. I'm even poorer than you are. Well, don't you worry, my dear. We'll take very good care of you. You can have the spare bedroom. Of course, I'm sure you'll find it small and cramped after what you've been used to. Oh, I wish I had it all to do over again. 
Now, if, if you'll both excuse me. Oh, Ursula, that was cruel. It's exactly the way she treated me in her house. And now I've got her. Just where I want her. I can lord it over her just the way she lorded it over me. No, Ursula. This isn't the way you're made. You're not mean and petty. Forgive her. Forgive her? Why? Because she's your sister and you really love her. Share your gift with her. Share it? Grant her wish, too. You heard her. Didn't she say she wished she could do it all over again? Let's give her that chance. Let her start again with Harry. Let her find herself back at home. But you heard what she said. She doesn't have a home anymore. I don't mean that home. I mean the one she would be living in today if she and Harry had led a different life. The one Harry really wanted. No. Ursula, give in to your better nature. Oh. All right. I knew you would. On one condition. Yes. We will let her relive the last 25 years that Harry would have wanted. Provided. Yes. Provided you agree to change our lives, too. Change them? How? Let us have the past 20 years the way I would have wanted. Ursula, please listen to me. Your sister is in the next room, brokenhearted. She's absolutely destroyed. How can I'm you... willing to give her a chance. You're the one who won't make the deal. Ursula. No discussions. No soul-searching, no preaching about ethics and morality. Just agree, that's all. And join me. Wish with all your heart that Dorothy's life could have been different. Well, are you wishing with me? Ursula, surely you... Dorothy is brokenhearted. Won't you help her? Wish. Wish with me. I... I wish. Wish harder. Stronger. I wish for Dorothy to have another chance. Who's that? You know who it is. Answer it. Hello? Ursula? Where are you calling from? Home. It's long distance, so I'll be brief. Can you have Thanksgiving dinner with us? Well, so I... you will. And we do have something to be thankful for this year. What? Aside from still having our health and everything, Harry got a raise. Oh, that's nice. Not an awful lot. Only $25. But it's better than nothing. Sometimes I wish Harry had been a little more ambitious, but I guess you can't have everything. How is Maurice? Just fine. We didn't marry a pair of world beaters, either of us. But they kept their good looks. That's something... Say you'll be here Thanksgiving. Hmm? Oh, sure. Hey, I'd better hang up before this gets really expensive. Regards to Maurice. Bye. All right, Maurice. And now for your part of the bargain. I want us to have everything the way she and Harry had everything. But you saw what having everything did to them. It ruined their lives. We didn't know how to handle it. We're smarter. Between us, we have this wonderful gift. Is this how you want to use it selfishly? Why not? It must have been given to us for a reason, a purpose. Oh, what reason? What purpose? So we could make the world a better place to live in. I want to make the world a better place to live in. For me. No, for everybody. I don't know how to make it a better place for everybody. I'm not a saint. I'm not a philosopher. And I don't want to become a martyr. There must be some kind of design. Why were we selected? Oh, there isn't any design. There's no rhyme or reason for anything. Things just... 
happen, that's all. We weren't selected. We just blundered into it. Now listen, Maurice. Let us become rich, vital people. It's so easy. We're halfway there already. It's what I want more than anything. But how do you know you'll want it when you get it? How could I not want it? Oh, Maurice. Wish with me. Let's harness the forces, the power, whatever it is we've stumbled into. Make it happen, Maurice. Please. All right. Let it happen. Let it happen. It's happening. Something's happening in my head. Yes. In mine, too. What is it, Maurice? It must be time. Time? Time moving. Time changing. But not I. We're changing. We have to go back in time, 20 years to the day we first met, and then forward again until we arrive at today. Oh, oh, my head. Oh, it's bursting. I hear voices. I see people. I see you. Me. We're 20 years younger. What do you do for a living? I'm an economist. Oh, sounds dull. It's very exciting. It's all about money. Mama! Papa! I met the man I'm going to marry. He's a teacher. He makes a good living? Oh, he's not like Harry. Just satisfied to make a living. I've got great plans for him. Great plans. Great plans. Dr. Maurice Avery Jennings has been named Chief Economic Advisor to the President of the United States. Maurice, where are you? I'm rich. I'm famous. You'd better keep an eye on him, Ursula. Maurice, you're never home. Let's not have a scene. I saw Maurice on the TV last night. You know, Maurice is getting fat. He's growing bald. Maurice, where are you? It's in all the columns. Maurice and this actress. They've been seen together. Maurice, where are you? You have to hand it to him. He's going to get that Nobel Prize. What are you doing home? Oh, I have a delay between planes. And your girlfriend isn't available? I thought we had agreed... Agreed to what? Let me turn this off. Agreed that each of us would go our own way. I'm so unhappy. Why? Don't you have everything you want? I don't have anything. You have everything. (laughs) I seem to remember you said you wanted wealth and fame. We have it. You wanted a mansion. We built it. You wanted expensive antiques, works of art. Look all about you. Any complaints? Well, what's lacking? Oh, Maurice, I am so miserable. Why? I don't have you. But I warned you that if we changed, it could ruin our lives. But you said we would know how to handle it. The fact is, 
We don't. Oh, Maurice, let's change back. And become nobodies again? Become poor, unimportant, and live in the middle of nowhere? Is that what you want? Yes. But I'm not sure that I want it. Oh, Maurice. I associate with the rich and the great. I am one of the rich and the great. But those dreams you had, what of them? You want to make the world a better place for everybody. I can only tell you what you told me. I don't know how to make it a better place for everybody. So I'll concentrate on making it a better place for me. Oh, please, don't leave me here in this strange world. I, I want to go back. That's what I want more than anything else. Oh, wish with me, Maurice, please. Let's... Harness the forces, the power. Oh, Maurice, wish with me. I can't. Don't you want to go back with me? Yes. But not enough. Don't you love me? Yes. But not enough. Ursula, can't you understand? I've changed. I've tasted success and wealth and fame. And I can't do without them. But what will become of me? You'll have to get along as best you can. But how? We have a million dollars. A home that's a showplace. You're popular, admired, envied. You have sports cars, a townhouse in London, a condominium in Palm Springs. Oh, you'll manage somehow. And I'm sure she did. If one has to be unhappy, it's better to be unhappy and rich than unhappy and poor. Yes, they say fame has its price. It's usually more than most people can pay. So in order to meet the debt, one has to mortgage a part of oneself. Usually the best part. I shall return shortly. Can wishing change the world? It certainly can, if the wish is strong enough. Consider the world and the shape it's in. The seemingly impossible has come true for so many people. Obscure, unknown men dream impossible dreams in tiny villages. And somehow, these men who began life alone, poor, reach positions where they control the destiny of the world. How does it happen? What forces are they able to harness? I wish I could tell you. Our cast included Norman Rose, Elspeth Eric, and Marion Seldes. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by White Westinghouse Appliance Company. This is Tammy Grimes inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, as in... Yeah.